0: It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your
1: pocket. Uh, You know, just travelers on airplanes, travelers on ships. Uh, Those are core risk factors for us. International waste, right? Every time an airplane lands in your country, Uh, and offloads people. It's also offloading garbage. And so if there was, you know, discarded pork products put into that waste, that's a potential risk factor.
0: Welcome to Swine Eat Podcast. My name is Marcio Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. Today's episode will cover the latest information on African swine fever, which has spread to every province in mainland China and is now affecting an estimated 150 to 200 million pigs. In the last few weeks, the World Park Expo that was supposed to happen in June was canceled as a preventive measure as well. So, a lot of things happening and and today our guest is Dr. Egan Brockhoff earned his um, veterinary degree from the University of Saskatchewan. And from 2014 to 2015, he was the president of the Alberta Veterinary Medical Association. Currently, Dr. Brockhoff is Managing Partner at Prairie Swine Health Service. How are you today, Dr. Brockhoff?
1: I am doing great. Uh, Thank you for having me on today.
0: We really appreciate your time. So to jump right into it, uh, Dr. Brockhoff, what is the latest regarding African swine fever?
1: Yeah, African swine fever, you know, it continues its horrible march um, throughout Southeast Asia and uh, continues to be a factor in health in Eastern Europe predominantly. You know, the virus has continued to move um, from China now into Vietnam and, of course, most recently Cambodia. Uh, The impact that this virus has had on total pig population um, in China and throughout uh, the affected countries in Asia, has been uh, absolutely devastating, with uh, you know significant mortality, uh, significant movement of the virus, and and just really creating market turmoil wherever the virus has has been.
0: Very good. Yeah, it's definitely a very tough uh, disease and change, changing every day on on this on this market and the question i have is when asf gets to a country what is the the economic impact what's what's going to happen to to the western countries if or or when it
1: arrives here yeah it's such a great question i mean you know today all the you know all the countries that i'm working with are working working extensively on prevention and preparedness plans, right? Because everyone recognizes the absolute devastation this virus would bring to any market. You know, for Canada, for a country like Canada that exports a significant portion of its pork production, the arrival of African swine fever would be significant, right? We would have immediate border closure to all of our major trading partners uh, throughout the world that border closure um, <clears throat> would lead to market chaos we wouldn't have places to move pigs we wouldn't have access to processors uh, our inventory values would decline so all of the pigs in our pig barns today you know they're worth so many dollars per pig and and farmers value that inventory and lending institutions value that inventory. And so if farmers are no longer able to find markets for their pigs, well, that inventory loses its value rapidly. If you lose your value, you know, you've got no inventory, you've got uh, no inventory value. Banks will look at that and say, well, you know, the money that you're potentially borrowing against that uh, value you know, we have to call that loan. You know, we're not pr- going to provide you with with an operating loan anymore if your inventory is worth nothing. And, of course, if you don't have an operating loan, you know, maybe you won't be able to purchase feed. Maybe you won't be able to pay your staff. Maybe you won't be able to pay for the basic services um, that run a hog operation. And so, you know, as you think through what could happen in – in the face of an African swine fever outbreak in a country like ours, it's devastating. Uh, This virus would cause massive market turmoil, massive market disruption, um, and that's going to lead to a lot of challenges moving forward for fines.
0: Makes sense, and and on the short term, as as North America, South America remains um, negative, the assumption would be that it uh, would be beneficial for, for pig price, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we look at the markets today and, and there's no question that, um, you know, prices have responded to the, to the loss of pork throughout China uh, and other regions. Uh, prices have responded positively. I think producers are looking at the potentially the next year or two or three years uh, at a very positive price. You know the opportunity could be could be absolutely uh, absolutely strong in the next few years as long as we're able to keep the virus out of North America. Um, you know any affected country, I mean the game changes immediately. So you know I think everyone wants to harvest those great prices while they can. Uh, they look like they're going to be strong and they look like they're going to stay strong for a while. And so. You know, our core goal now is just got to be keeping it out.
0: Right. Which is a little different than when PED uh, came to North America, where it was more on a producer uh, basis. Now it's on a country basis that the whole um, dynamics on the prices.
1: Yeah, you know, PD came in and had a massive impact on the pork price. Uh, it had an impact on the number of pigs entering the market. And so... Um, You know, pork price responded, Um, pork pike responded uh, positively. You know, the difference, though, between PED and African swine fever is African swine fever is a reportable disease. It will close borders. PED does not close borders. Uh, It will disrupt markets. PED didn't really disrupt markets. Uh, It'll create uh, an international challenge absolutely unlike P D virus and so you know African swine fever it's not as infectious as PED uh, the virus moved slow P D, you know a virus that moved quickly but much more infectious but uh, but the impact that negative impact of ASF landing in the Americas would be absolutely huge
0: Makes sense so the next Next question, Dr. Brockhoff. Uh, you've been very involved in spreading the word about preventing ASF uh, to get into North America through social media and other other uh, channels. What do you think might be our most uh, vulnerable uh, infection route, or um, or any way that the disease can get into North America?
1: Yeah, you know we've looked at at. Uh... All of the potential routes that we think the virus could come into Canada, um, you know, so we think travelers travelers bringing illegal meat products into Canada would be a potential risk factor. Uh, we think uh, you know just travelers on airplanes, travelers on ships uh, those are core risk factors for us, international waste, right every time an airplane lands in your country. And offloads people. It's also offloading garbage. And so, if there was, you know, discarded pork products put into that waste, we've got a lot of team members in our barn that are traveling all over the world. They're returning home. They're going on vacation. And so, we've continued to have conversations with returning team members. You know, today, you know, not completely unlike you know, 15 years ago, you can go online. You can go to a number of these different online e-commerce, you know, websites, and you can bring potentially bring products in illegally. And that concerns me. Um, you know, so, you know, I've got my sort of list of eight, um, you know, we talked about feed ingredients and the potential risk that they could have as well. Um, and not just the ingredient, but the packaging around the ingredient, um, you know, if the package is contaminated or exposed to contaminants, that could be a risk as well. Um, we bring in pork um, into many countries from uh, affected countries, but we bring in pork from negative zones. and so certainly you've got to be cautious. Um, you've got to be attentive to the fact that everyone's living up to their agreements for for moving virus. and then you know, I think you've also got to think there's probably some factors that we don't know yet, some unknowns, and you've got to be attentive and you know, keep trying to learn and find opportunities to uh to drill down on those.
0: Very good. So as you, we get to the to the end here of the questions related to African swine fever, the last question I have here is the uh, what is unique about African swine fever that, that we should be
1: aware of? You know, you know, a couple of things come to mind when you ask me that question. Uh, you know, African swine fever is, is a human-driven disease, right? It's not a highly infectious virus. And so human activity moves this virus. People taking uncooked pork products, pig, people moving pigs, Uh, without thinking of the implications. And so, you know, that's very unique about this virus. African swine fever in itself is a unique virus. Uh, It's the only one in the family, and it is a pig virus only, and it doesn't affect humans, and so very unique that way. But maybe the thing that really strikes everyone as interesting is there's no vaccine. This is a virus to which we have absolutely no vaccines available. for prevention, for control. And so, you know, that makes this virus stand out in the world. Uh, If you look at a, you know, classical swine fever virus, that's a virus that's significantly different, clinically um, different virus when you really get into it. Um, Pathologically similar until you get onto a microscopic level, but there's a vaccine and, you know, you know, there's, there's, that changes the game entirely so not having a vaccine makes this virus very unique. very good
0: so next uh, part here of, of the show Dr. Brockhoff uh, we have a question from the audience uh, Jamil Fassim from Brazil is asking what are the steps the first, first steps or measures that we need to take after finding suspicious clinical signs at the farm level
1: yeah, it's such a great question. And so, pork boards, pork organizations, pork producers should all have a self-quarantine program. And they should have talked about that and agreed how they were going to self-quarantine. Um, you know, long before government gets involved. And so, when you suspect a disease like this on your farm or any other foreign animal disease, you immediately want to stop movement. You, know, you don't want any pigs going to your other farms. You don't want people coming in and going out. You want to stop movements as effectively as you can, and that's a self-quarantine. And that's different than a government official quarantine. That's just a self-quarantine. Let's work immediately to protect and contain. You know, the next step then is getting in, um, getting a veterinarian in as soon as possible to start collecting samples. Uh, samples need to be collected under that self-quarantine for rapid diagnosis and so people you know people have to have that plan we see something unusual we're going to stop trucks we're going to phone our veterinarian our veterinarian's coming out we're going to collect samples and get those samples to the appropriate lab as soon as possible you know stopping this disease is going to be incumbent on having that incident command structure what do i do right now in an emergency situation and so you know every farm every group every group of farms should always be thinking about how they can build an incident command structure to ensure all of these things happen uh, in a timely and orderly manner
0: very good so as we transition to the end here uh we have uh Three questions we call the Famous Three, where we uh, ask every guest, every episode. And the first question is, uh, what's your favorite swine-related book?
1: (laughs) That's such a good question. You know, I must admit, the swine-related book uh, that I use the most, uh, that I reference the most today, is still Diseases of Swine. Um, I still pull that book out all the time it's just a great reference and uh it's one that i think you know any professional in the swine world should have access to
0: makes sense and i think there's the latest uh, uh edition now is it 11th maybe
1: yeah we just ordered we just ordered multiple copies for a whole team and uh looking forward to seeing the same what the new one looks like
0: very good So as uh, the other question is, what's your favorite book that is not swine related?
1: (laughs) You know, my favorite book unrelated to swine is a book um, that I read a number of years ago. It's called Guns, Germs and Steel uh, by Jared Diamond. It is a history book. It won the uh, Pulitzer Prize uh, in the year it was published. And it's, uh, it's, it's just a... A history book of uh, of the world and society, and it was one of the most exciting page turners I've ever read. I really enjoyed that book.
0: Hmm, interesting. I'll take a look at that. <laughs> well, and I, the last question is: uh, What do you think sets apart successful swine professionals, Doctor Brockhoff?
1: Yeah, successful swine professionals. I, you know, I think um, being a strong communicator. Being able to work in a cooperative and collaborative environment, being curious, being willing to go that extra mile to investigate and understand uh, those extra things, and then putting that all together with um, with a with a measured level of response. You know, I think I think having that maturity to not. <clears throat> be absolutely certain having that maturity to recognize that we're working with a biological system and things sometimes don't go to plan. I think those are some of the key things that really, uh, that really, you know, can set us apart a solid professional, That that desire to learn, but also that willingness to understand that things aren't absolute, that, uh, more knowledge is always around the corner. I think those things really set professionals apart.
0: Makes sense. Very, very profound. Appreciate that. Well, as uh, so we reached the, the end of the show. Really appreciate our time, Dr. Brockhoff, and um, I wish you a good rest of the day.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. It was a real pleasure.
0: Thanks a lot. Dude.